God's goodness. And uh, message is titled, God is still doing good. Amen. Father, we just want to thank you today. We ask that you speak to our hearts. And uh, we ask that you give us hearts of obedience to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. I sing because you're good. God is good. God is a good God. And uh, I was really uh, overjoyed this morning when I heard that song as we sang, because that's what I wanted to talk about. In fact, God has spoken to me during the week. He said, tell my people. And I decided, okay, God, what are you saying? I need to get a message. What are you saying? He made it clear to me to let his people know that he wants to be good to you. He said, and this is a word of prophecy, he will stand by you. He'll never leave you. And some of you are here, I believe this message is for you. Things are difficult right now. God wants me to tell you this morning, he's going to stand with you. He'll never leave you. He'll take care of you. He will be good to you. And that's where this message is born. That's how this message came. But I need to let that word out. Uh, whatever is going on in your life, you need to know that there is a God. He has not forgotten you. No matter what the doctor said, no matter what's happening with your finances, no matter what's happening in your family, no matter what difficulty you're facing today, you need to know God has promised to be good to you. He is good. He'll take care of you. No matter how long you've been in this difficulty or problem or hopelessness, whatever it is, God's going to take care of you. Amen? The Bible tells us that, uh, that the way of a man is right in his own eyes. But exactly those same way lead to the ways of death. It says there is a way. That is right in the eyes of a man, that's right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So if you are here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to make a decision. Because if you don't choose Christ as your Lord and Savior, one day you are going to pass away from this life without the presence of the Comforter. And the Comforter is the Holy Spirit. And what was being ministered to me, that the day that I die, if Jesus tarries, the day that I die, apart from my family, if, even if there's no one there, I know the Holy Spirit is going to be there with me. That is a great comfort. So you don't want to pass from this world into the next world without the presence of the Comforter. You will pass into a world of eternal regret. You'll never forget what's happened. You will pray over there if God had given you just five minutes, maybe two minutes, to make a decision for God so that you don't end up in eternal regret. The way to God is so simple. Jesus has paved the way for us. 
in, in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 11, he says, God will look and see the travail of his soul, that's the travail of the Lord Jesus, the labor, and God will be satisfied. When God looks down and when he sees his son on the cross, he says, God will see the travail, the labor of the son of God as he was dying for sins of mankind. And God will say to himself, it's okay now. I'm doing good now. It's okay. The same question is taken care of. If you go to the other place, not with God, it's not because of your sin. You didn't accept the remedy. That's the only reason. Nobody goes to hell because of their sin. I'll say it again. You won't go to hell because you sinned. You go to hell because you refuse to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You heard the message and you deliberately rejected it. Now you have to pay for your own sin. You don't go there because of your sin. You just refuse to accept the remedy for your sins. So if you're here this morning, you can accept the remedy for your sin. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You may think you're thinking things through, through, but you may be on the wrong part. You need to come to God and make a solid decision for God. I will serve God. I know this. When you make a decision to serve God, power from God comes into your heart. I remember when I got saved and I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to stop doing all this crazy stuff? That's part of me. That's who I am. How am I going to be free from these things? But there was a draw from the Holy Spirit. I need God in my life. So I turned myself over to the Lord and I said, God, if you help me, uh, I'll follow you. Amen. And he changed my life. He changed my life. He can change your life today. You don't have to wait. But believe me, you don't want to leave this world into another world without the presence of the comforter who has been given to us. You know, there are no atheists. They are just liars. Agnostics, it's nobody like that. Yes, people call themselves atheists and they don't believe in God. They don't believe there is a God. They're just lying to themselves. They have chosen not to believe in God who has made himself very clear. He is. There is a God. What does the atheist say when he stumps his toe? He calls on God that he doesn't believe in. Right? He stomps his toe and he says, oh God, you heard that? And then you remind him, hey, you don't believe in God. Oh, I was just talking. No, you're not talking. You know deep inside of you, there is a God. And they call Jesus all the time, right? That they don't believe in. Because he is. In Romans chapter 1 verse 19, it says, because... What may be known of God is manifest in them. 
inside of you, what you should know about God is inside of you. What may be known of God is manifest in them. When they look at you, we know there is a God. When I take a look at you, you know. I know there is a God, and you know there is a God. No doubt about it. You know it. God says what could be known about him is manifest in them, for God has what shown it to them. You know there is a God. Don't lie to yourself. There are no atheists. You know there is a God. Deep inside of you, you know there is a God. You can look at the whole world and believe there is no God. He's too great, too marvelous. There is a God. God has made it known to them. He says, since for, from since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes. God has attributes that we can see. They are clearly seen, not just seen, they are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Even His eternal power and Godhead. So that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God. Nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts. And their foolish hearts were darkened. That's where they are deceived to think there is no God. They refuse, and so their heart becomes deceived. And they now believe there is no God and live their lives that way. It's true deception. They will not be thankful to God, and because they refuse to give Him thanks and glory, their hearts became darkened, and they now fully believe there is no God. Their hearts is because they have a darkened heart. Their eyes will be opened one day, and they will see the God that they didn't believe in, and there's nowhere to go. They were not thankful. Their foolish hearts were deceived. They professed to be wise. They became fools. You got all these experts and professors. Sometimes I, leave, I, I watch them on television, and they are talking about the, the miracles, yeah, and then they give you all. Sometimes I feel like if I have a shotgun, I'll just blow that TV up. Because this is what they're saying is so stupid. I, I can't believe they brought those people onto television to as experts. They look like children. They sound like children to me. Stupid people, in my view. <laughs> Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm professor. <laughs> oh. When you see him, you will really meet the real professor. That's the real one. Amen? But they became fools. Because they were not thankful. You know... God is satisfied, and the Bible tells us in Psalm 107, and you can read it over and over again. It says, Oh, that men will give thanks to the Lord for what? His goodness. Oh, that men, every man, every woman, there is something for you to thank God for. Oh, that men will give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works. To the children of man. And thank God this morning we were giving thanks to him. And we were telling him, you're good. You're good. Oh, that man will give thanks to God for his goodness. For the wonderful works that he's done for us. All for us. 
We need to be thankful to Him so that your heart don't get darkened. When you don't thank Him, your heart is going to get darkened and you'll believe a lie. Every man should thank God for His goodness. He continues to work and He wants to do good to you. God, that's what this message is all about. God is still doing good works for his people, for the sons of men. If you are not saved and you say, well, I don't need God because things are going well for me. He's just being good. He is a good God. He's just being good to you. Not because you're doing He's happy now. He looked at the travail of his son and was satisfied. You make your choice as to where you want to go. When it's all over here. What you sow is what you reap. But when it's over, you got to deal with whether you accepted his son. But he's going to be good to everybody. He's going to make sure you got food. Even people who are not believers. Then God provides for their children. He takes care of them. That's because he's a good God. All oh, that man will thank God for his goodness. And his wonderful works. Towards the sons of men. He loves to do good. God just wants, that's who he is. He is a good God. And if you read that Psalm 107 over and over again, the psalmist was saying it over and over again. All that men will give thanks to God. Why don't you try that? When you begin to thank God for his goodness, you will begin to experience more of his goodness. And God, the way he does these things, when he's good to you, even if you forget and you're enjoying it, he'll call you back and remind you. You remember you prayed about that? I gave that to you. How many of you have experienced that? He'll let you know that he did that for you so that you can have more confidence in him so he can bless you more. And as you give him thanks for it, he says, God, I remember, I thank you for that. He says, don't worry, son, I'm going to do more of that for you, even greater one, so that you can thank me. Oh, that man will give thanks to God for his goodness. All he requires from us is thanks, just to be thankful, so that he can shower his blessings upon us. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Why? He went about doing good just like his father. The reason why God anointed Jesus was for him to be an extension of the father. Doing good. That's who God is. If there's something happening in your life today that's not good, it's not God's not punishing you. You've put your hands in something and you're reaping what you sowed, but God's going to bless you if you turn to Him. God is not involved in hurting you. He sent His Son to reach out to you and to do good to you. And He's doing that to you this morning. Can I hear an amen? He's doing that. He's been good to you. He wants to be good to you. If things are not good, it's not God. It's not God. He's not involved. He wants to change that. He anointed his son with the Holy Spirit, not just with the Holy Spirit, but with power. So he can change your situation and make your situation right for you if you turn to him. He will never abandon you. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And he meant what he said. He meant what he said. He'll take care of you. We just really need to believe it. He anointed him. 
to do good. Today, God is anointing people. Amen. If you read in Hebrews chapter 1, God has even enlisted a lot of angels. He said they should, they should go to what? Minister to the, those who are called of God. You are a child of God. God has angels around you. Whether you see them or not, they're there. He, because God wants to do good. I know the angels are here. He says they are ministering spirits that God has sent forth to minister. You know that ministry from angels? Ooh, pretty good. They take care of you. Make sure you're not hurt. Amen? Some of us don't even realize that, that they are there in our lives and we're acting silly and the angels are thinking, Oh Lord God, we've been here. This guy doesn't even know what's going on. He, he's clueless. When is he going to wake up? But they're there. They're there to take care of us. And God has anointed his ministers. He says they can go into the world. They lay hands on the sick. So all he's doing is to be good to you. To make sure you receive blessings from God. Because He is a good God. He loves to bless. He loves to do good. Sometimes I read in the scriptures and I see Jesus charging His ministers. He says, take care of my flock. He told Peter that. Was He concerned about the minister? No, He's concerned about the people of God. He says, don't abuse them. Take care of them. Feed them. They're my people. He's concerned for his people. And here you are. Why? The minister is just a conduit that God is speaking through, that God is touching you through, so that he can minister to you. The minister is nothing. But if he doesn't do good to you, God holds him responsible. Who is that faithful servant, God said, who is given to the flock, the food in due season. Why? God's people. He loves them. He wants to take care. You may not think there's anything good in you to be loved, but God loves you. You were made in His image. You're beautiful to Him. And He wants to do you good. And because you don't believe Him, you hinder Him from reaching out to you and ministering to you and blessing you. What can God do? He can change your situation in one day. You struggled all your life trying to make it on your own. That you turned to the one who is the good God. And he can change your situation so that your song after that day is, I sing because you're good. That's what God wants to do. God is looking for people to give him the privilege to be good to them. Amen? Just to be good to you. He holds nothing against you. In fact, Isaiah 54 says he's no longer angry with anybody. God's not mad at you. What's going on is what you sow is what you reap. He's not mad at you. The principles are there. Amen? You flow with it, you're blessed. If you go against it, you get the reward. But God, he loves you. And he wants to take care of you. Even when you've messed up, he can make that right. And put you in the right path. And bless you. It's never too late for God. You may have made mistakes all your life. But today you're turning over to God. And you're saying, God, I, I want you in my life. Can you, can you change these things? He'll change those things. 
And they'll begin to make something good out of your life. The more difficult it is, the greater glory he gets. And the more thankful you're going to be. Amen? Because the one who is sinned much is more grateful, according to the word of God. So that's what God does. He wants to minister goodness to us. And God is a good God. Sometimes we have found ourselves in very discouraging situations. You tried everything to get it to work, and it's not working. And you're wondering, what can I do? How can I handle this thing? It's out of my hand. And you come kind of discouraged. If you are feeling that way, God wants to be good to you. You already know. There's a story about Peter and his friends. <coughs> Excuse me. They went out all night trying to catch fish. And they caught nothing. <laughs> That's pretty discouraging if you, you spent all night no sleep and you did, you're an expert in this business. And you came home with nothing. And maybe you got a friend waiting for you on the show. Say, hey, uh, how many fish did you all catch? You put your head down. Uh, nothing. <laughs> Peter was feeling bad about it. And the good thing is, the good one was around. Amen. Jesus was around. And Jesus borrowed the boat that brought nothing in from the sea. He said, let me use your boat to preach. Amen. And he preached from the boat. And Peter listened as he preached. And maybe for a moment as he listened, he forgot his sorrows. Okay, <laughs> That was his livelihood. But then after Jesus preached, he started speaking to Peter. He wanted Peter to do something for his blessings. He said, launch into the deep. In Luke chapter 5, verse 4 through 6, he says, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a, a catch. But Peter... That Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, you must always do that, okay? <laughs> Even if you don't understand, do it at his word. He said, at your, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. I learned in Sunday school class, this was good. Jesus said, let down your nets. But Peter said, I'll let down the net. Which says he only had one net. When God wants to bless you, that's the time to go out and borrow everything you can get. He should have gotten all the nets around. Hey, can I use your net just for one minute? Because the master wants me uh, to let down the nets. So borrow every net that you can get and let them down. So that when it's through, your troubles will be over for life. Amen. But he let down the net. He obeyed. 
and his situation was rectified. If you are in a difficult situation, God wants to minister to you. He is in the business of doing good. There was a man that was sick for 38 years. 38 years. In John chapter 5, he was actually lying down by a pool, waiting for an angel to stir that pool so that he could be healed. Because the first person that gets into that pool gets healed. And so he was there the first year, another man got him. The second year, another man got him. And he was getting old. 30 years, years is a long time to be in one place. That was a very tough situation for this man. To be in, in this one place. He needed God to help him. And the Bible said Jesus came by. He didn't go to any of them. And remember, there were a lot of people there. He went straight for this one man. And said to the man, do you want to get well? I'm sure what was happening, his faith had gone down. He had hoped for a while. Now he was becoming very hopeless. He had a hopeless situation. When he was younger, he couldn't get in. Now he's 38 years later. Why do you think he'll be able to beat everybody into the pool? He's already older. He got young, sick people who are ready to do anything to get in. So he was going to sit there and possibly die by the pool. But Jesus came by. The good master came by and talked to him and said, Do you want to be well? Just to bring him up. He started talking about the pool. And Jesus said, okay, now, take up your bed. You can go home. But this thing happened on the Sabbath day. And the Jews were very upset about it. And they talked to Jesus about it. But this is what Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 17. Jesus said to them, my father has been working until now. And I have been working. The father has been working until now. He just did something good to this man. And now they are questioning him because he did it on the Sabbath. They believe God stopped working on the Sabbath day after he created the world. And since then he sat back and did no more work. And Jesus was opening their eyes to know, my father is still doing good. He hasn't stopped doing good. He has been working up till this very moment. And I am doing the same thing. I am acting what I see my father doing. He is doing good. I saw him healing. I need to read the next verse. Amen. I need to read the next verse, which is verse 19. He said, Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, I'm telling you the truth. I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does. And what? In like manner. So God really wants to be good to you. 
I don't care if it's been 38 years. He sees your situation, you're frustrated, and you don't know what to do, but he wants to help you. He'll come directly to you because the Father has picked you out, and he's picking every one of us out this morning to help us. Every one of you, he, wanted to, he wants to be good to you. Jesus is still being good to you. That's what he's letting me know. He's going to stand with you, and he's going to take care of your problem. He's going to walk with you and free you. He's not angry with you. He loves you just the way you are. He'll change your situation just because he loves you. The Father is working, and Jesus is watching his Father, and what he sees his Father do, that's what he does. If you are in a a very hopeless, painful situation, God wants to help you. There's another story in Luke chapter 7. That's one of I want to brag on my God today. The story of this woman who had a husband that had died. And all she had was this son. And the whole city, Nain, they knew about this woman. Her son, the only relative she had, their son, died. And the people in that place, they knew this was a painful thing for this woman. They all, most people came out to help her as they were going out to bury this son. And I'm sure she was just weeping. Now she was going to be alone in this life. No son, no husband, nothing. A widow. And Jesus was walking by at the same time. Call it coincidence. Well, he knows your situation. He knows your pain. He wants to take care of you. You know, the thing that is so significant, and I've said it yet, what really touched me about this story, when Jesus saw them, he passed by the coffin and went to the mother first. You know how a preacher like me would do it? I walked to the preacher, the son, raised the son up, and then talked to the mother. Jesus didn't do that. He went first to comfort the woman. He spoke to her and said, woman, don't weep. And then walked by the people and walked to the coffin. And he touched the coffin. I'm sure everybody was observing. But something told the people carrying the coffin, we need to stop. Read the scripture. They stopped. They said, this too, still. We're not going anywhere now. And Jesus spoke to that young man. He told him to rise. He sat up and started speaking. Sometimes we get so spiritual, we don't see Jesus as a man. I'm sure everybody was excited, screaming, and confused. What's going on? The guy is back up and all of that. People running and scratching their head. What am I seeing? Am I dreaming or whatever? But Jesus took this young man and walked back to the mother. And says, Mom, that's your son. I'm sure that woman will never forget that day. Every time she looks at that son, she remembers him and how good he was to her. I don't know where she was when Jesus was dying on the cross, but I'm sure she was hurt by that. But he was doing that even for her. In his life, 
He came to give us hope. In his death, he came to give us life. And you can have life in him today. Don't think on your own resources. Think about the God that you have come to believe in. If he put all of this in place, he can manage your life. Amen? He certainly can manage your life. Why don't you turn everything over to him and let him be good to you? So you can sing that song, that God is good. God is good. His mercy endures forever. God wants to do you good. No matter what's happening in your life today, I felt his goodness in my life. And you can begin to feel his goodness. It's never too late. Today is the day. The Bible says now is the appointed time. And you can turn all to God. Stand up with me this morning. I started the message because I firmly believe that God has spoken to me that I should let you know that he wants to be good to you. And all you need to do is let him come closer to you. And all you have to do this morning is to indicate that to him that, God, I want you a little closer than before. You've been struggling. You've been doing it your own way. It may not work that way. You need to turn everything over. I'm talking to both Christians. And if you don't know Christ, every one of us, we need to rededicate our lives to the Lord today. And accept that He is good and He wants to be good to you. Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. If you're here today, And you have not allowed Jesus to come close to you. He is the one that is closer to us than a brother. You can make that decision today by just putting your hand up and say, Look, Jesus, you're not speaking to the preacher. You're saying, Jesus, I want you to be close to me. Closer to me than ever. Lift your hand up if that's what you want today. Thank you. If that's what you want, lift your hand up today to Him that you want Him closer, closer to you than before. And accept the fact that He is a good God. Oh, that men will give thanks to God for His goodness. Would you lift your hands up, everybody, today? And I want you to begin to think about something good that God has done for you. Focus on that one thing that God has given to you that's been a blessing to you. Let him know that you know that he's a good God. That's going to open the windows of heaven. To be, for God to begin to pour his blessings upon your life. Because he is a good God. And he will be good to you. You need to acknowledge that he is a good God. And that he will be good to you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Father God, in Jesus' name, I need the musicians to come up here, come up here, please, because we're going to sing that song right now. Before we close, we need to worship the Lord. If you have to go, you can go, but I need our musicians. We got to sing to Him today that He is good, and let's worship Him because oh, that man 
We'll thank God for His goodness. We need to sing that to Him today as we worship God. And that's going to be our benediction. And as you worship God and tell Him how good He is, may His goodness come upon you and baptize you, knock you over, and may you never recover in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship God.